Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you all so much for the many, many things you've blessed us with throughout all this day. Now the awesome opportunity once again to get back into your word. Help us now as we do that. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word judgment, we'll turn to Matthew in chapter 23. We can pick it up here in verse 23, where the Lord is speaking to the scribes and the Pharisees, criticizing them, as it says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. He's pointing out their hypocrisy in their attitude and behavior, putting more importance on things that weren't as important, and emphasizing that they were not utilizing fair judgment. As he continues, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. So how do we clean the inside first? By inviting the Holy Ghost in through the process of becoming a born-again Christian. The Holy Ghost comes in and begins the cleaning and begins the work that we need to then tie in with and continue to improve as He guides us and to clean us of all of our sins, all, all of our sinful behavior, all of our lustful desires. And then it will show on the outside. Verse 27, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones, and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets, and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous." And say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore, ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers. How can ye escape the damnation of hell? He's really blasting them. Right here, he's calling them serpents and vipers and talking about the judgment that's going to fall on them, a damnation in hell. Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. See, the Lord knows what's happening he knew exactly what they were going to do and the way they were going to react to him, his ministry, and the believers. That upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth, 
from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barachias, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, All these things shall come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, and stonest them that which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blastonome. Pointing out the behavior of those that are unrighteous judges. Calling them serpents and vipers. Right now, turn on over to Matthew 27. And here we see the mock trial, you might call it, of Jesus Christ. He's been arrested at this time and already horribly treated. And then he's being presented to Pilate. And here we see the use of the word judgment seat. Talking about the court, the courthouse you might call it, the the judgment seat. And in Matthew chapter 27, let's pick it up in verse 11. And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he answered him to never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. Now at that feast the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with this just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whither of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person, see ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. See, he was persuaded by the crowd to go ahead and 
falsely condemn Jesus, knowing himself that he wasn't a criminal worthy of death, but to appease the crowd. So he did not perform the righteous judgment. He performed a flawed judgment just to appease the people. So it continues. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Delivered him to be crucified, appeasing the people, afraid of the people. So he did what they wanted rather than doing what his job was. Of course, if you really look at the job Pilate had, it was more important for Pilate to keep peace than it was to worry about justice. He was a Roman citizen. He was a Roman leader, and he was given the position of governor and the responsibility of keeping peace. And if he had not done that, then he would have been executed by his higher-ups or removed and put into an even worse job. So he was keeping his job by keeping the peace because that was the key responsibility he had. It wasn't justice. It was just a matter of keeping peace in Jerusalem. So he was willing to compromise true justice and righteous judgment. All right, now go on over to John, the Gospel of John. And here we see very early in the ministry of Jesus in John chapter 5, picking it up in verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. For as the Father riseth the dead, and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Here it's pointing out the authority given to Jesus Christ to be the judge. Because of what he goes through, because he became a man, and the relatability and connection to mankind, and the fact that he gave it all on the cross, took on all the sins of all mankind, past, present, and future, thus giving him the authority and the right to judge everyone. Read 22 again. For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which hath sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That condemnation is the result of judgment. 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, The hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. The dead, those that are spiritually dead, because he's talking about uh, preaching to the quick and the dead. The quick are those that are born again, and the dead are those that are still lost in their sins. Spiritually dead. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. See there, the qualifier, part of the qualifier, the Son of Man, meaning born of man, because he took on flesh. He come down, he, he took on flesh by being born of Mary and of the Holy Ghost, and that gives him extra qualifier to be able to show mankind how to live as a human and then giving him that much more of a right to judge them without them being able to say, well, you can't relate to us because you never experienced what we experienced. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the, which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. They're talking about the final judgments, and that will be at the very last days. And clearly puts there the results of the judgment, the accountability, the rewards or punishment as a result of the judgment. Reading 29 again. And shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I can of mine own self do nothing as I hear I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. So we see here Jesus Christ given the authority and being the ultimate judge of mankind because of what he has accomplished, because of what he has done, and because he has that right to do so. And he further refers to this over in chapter 8. In verse 25, then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning, I have many things to say and to judge of you. But he that sent me is true, and I speak and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. Qualifying, pointing out over and over. He is there. He is the one who has authority to judge, been given to him by the Father. And he will implement judgment at the proper times. And we look forward to that judgment. Those that have kept prayed up and are looking forward to the results of all the many years of, of service for the Lord. The honor to be able to do a work for the Lord by the grace of the Lord. And recognize that we can do nothing of ourselves, but are given the blessed 
opportunity to do a work for the Lord, and we will be rewarded for it. But those that have not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and have not done a work for the Lord are going to be looking for punishment and not looking forward to judgment. And over in John chapter 9, picking up in verse 39, the Lord continuing to speak about judgment. And Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words, and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now ye say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. Those that had an understanding of the prophecies, to be able to read them and know them, and then deny them, to turn against them, are the ones he's speaking of. To see and hear the words of the Old Testament and then to see them fulfilled right in front of their face, but denying it because of envy, because of jealousy, because they wanted to keep their positions of power and authority and not relinquish those positions because they would then become obsolete because the New Testament and the New Covenant coming into action, they wanted to hold on to all those old ways and therefore they turned against him, therefore they are blind in that sense. Blinded by their own greed. All right, now if you will turn over to John chapter 12 and further teachings of the Lord concerning judgment. In John chapter 12, picking up verse 23. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth long. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Here he's speaking of approaching the time when he's going to be arrested, horribly abused and, and tortured, and going to give up the ghost on the cross, and then come up out of that grave on the third day, and be transformed into an entire new existence. And that's what he's relating to there about the seeds earlier. And the seed changing, transforming. And we also will be transformed. And one day we'll receive a glorified body. As continues in verse 28. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it, said that it thundered. Others said, An angel spake to him. 
Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Speaking of his crucifixion there. Alrighty, now if you will turn to John chapter 16. And here we see some encouragement of the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost being able to teach us and comfort us and help us to understand the truth. He is, after all, the Spirit of truth, as it says over in John chapter 14, and is identified as the Comforter. And that when we trust in the Lord and receive Him, the Holy Ghost comes into us. And in further teaching concerning the Holy Ghost in connection with judgment over in John chapter 16, These things have I spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father, nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the, first, at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me whither goest thou. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. You see, there was a change going on. Prior to the New Testament, the Holy Ghost would come upon someone for a purpose, for a season, for a task, and then depart. But now, when we get saved, the Holy Ghost comes into us and stays within us. And that's what he was talking about there. As it continues, And when he, that is the Holy Ghost, is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Exposing and teaching and convincing people of Righteous judgment is what he's speaking of. When we are led and guided by the Holy Ghost, then we can be a part of righteous judgment. Read it again. And when he, that is the Holy Ghost, is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because... I go to my Father, and ye see me no more, of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. The prince of this world, talking about the devil. Judgment coming to him. And there will be judgment coming to everyone and all of us. And we see one more account here at the end of John, the Gospel of John, concerning the mock arrest of Jesus in John chapter 18, in the mock trial, I should say, 
and pick it up in verse 28. In John chapter 18, verse 28, it reads, Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment. Once again, taking him there to the hall of judgment. And it was early, and they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but they, that they might eat the Passover. This, the Jews did not want to go into the judgment hall, which was a Roman occupation, you might say, a Roman judgment hall, and they didn't want they would consider that being an act that would make them impure and not be able to take part of the Passover. As it continues, Pilate then went out unto them and said, What accusation bring ye against this man? They answered and said unto him, If he were not a male factor, which means criminal, we would not have delivered him up unto thee. Then said Pilate unto them, Take ye him and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. See, that was what their goal was, was to put him to death. Not just to judge him of their laws and stay within the guidance that the Romans were keeping him under, but no, they wanted to have him killed. That's why they brought him to Pilate. That the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and called Jesus, and said unto him, Art thou the, the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate answered him, I, a Jew, thine own nation and chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Every one that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews, and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all, but ye have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover, Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers planted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, king of the Jews. And they smote him with, the hands, with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again, and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth, wearing a crown of thorns and a purple robe, and Pilate saith unto him, Behold the man. When the chief priests therefore and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, we have a law, and by our law 
he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid, and went again into the judgment hall, and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee, and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou shouldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. From thenceforth Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and said, down in the judgment seat in the place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour. And he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified, and they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth unto the place called the place of the skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two male factors with him on either side, one and Jesus in the midst. Those vipers, those serpents, those hypocrites were all part of that. And Pilate just doing what he had to to keep the peace. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up here and we'll pick it up in the book of Acts next time as we continue speaking about judgment. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you all so much for the opportunity you've given us to study your word, to find out a little bit more about the word judgment, how we need to apply proper and righteous and true judgment, and how we know that you are the ultimate judge with all the authority for the final judgment to look at all of our lives and to reward us or punish us accordingly. We thank you all so much for all that you have blessed us with. We pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.